Welcome again to another episode of The Ryan Show. I am, of course, Ryan. I'm the namesake of the show. Fredo is my guest on the podcast. He has been on this podcast, I think, I don't know, I think maybe five or six times since I've been doing this. I think two or three times. I think it's this third time you've done it since I've been back doing podcasts. And we have, we're, we just went through the first weekend of parades. Um, what, I mean, what was your reaction when that first float got to where we always are up there on uh, St. on St. Charles and Polymia? Cause I know for me, I was at Washington and St. Charles with uh, Bama Earl and the Merlins. And then mm -hmm. I got, I made my way down. Um, I made my way down St. Charles. I saw Brett and Dave at St. Charles and, and Philip. And then I also had um, saw Ed Bruski, my neighbor as well. And by the time I made, I made my way down um, to you guys to where we normally be at, at the Avenue pub. And mm -hmm. um, I, I, I don't, I don't, I didn't, I didn't know what my reaction was going to be when I saw the, the, uh, the height, the height checker. Um, right. I didn't know what my, I didn't know what my reaction was going to be, but I, I'm pretty sure you had a different, a different reaction or the same reaction as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it was, uh, in some ways it was relief just because, you know, we've been at it or after it for a while, not having Mardi Gras last year really, really hit everybody in a big way. I mean, I, I don't even think everybody's acknowledged how much not having carnival at all last year kind of hurt. Uh, but I think so mostly it was relief, also excitement, you know, it's just it's good to be out there. It's good to be around with the crowd, with people to get the end of the good energy that comes from being at a parade. And uh, so I just thought it was really, you know, it was a really happy moment. Uh, right, right. I know. I know for me, it was really a happy moment. I think just being out there and I think the moment I think that it hit me was when I started seeing um, the Polish sausage stand at St. Andrew and St. Charles. I see it every year. They always parked right across the street from the subway. And then I think the other time, the thing, because if you recall, I was taking photos mm -hmm. of, of the parade, of the parade stand, uh, of the parade stand. And I was just taking photos of just the completion, the construction of the parade of the parade stands because we we didn't see this. Like every year, I always take photos of the first of the first stands going up, and I started putting taking all the the photos of, of, of the stands and just seeing it in its completion right there in Lafayette Square. Just seeing that just made it made it all worthwhile and I, we got to give a shout out to science oh yeah we gotta give a shout we gotta get we gotta get we gotta give a shout out to science we gotta give a shout out to the people with um with uh with pfizer and moderna and johnson yeah. and johnson all the people all the scientists big shout out to you because without you guys we wouldn't have carnival we wouldn't no no and i but i think we're really uh i mean it's one thing because Carnival in 2020 went normal. It was a normal Carnival uh, because of, um, you know, we didn't get hit with the COVID reality till afterwards. It, it was like Mardi Gras happened and then 
two, three weeks later, we got Carnival. I mean, we got COVID. So we really didn't get the impact of no Carnival till last year. So the idea that we could go another year, and look, it's not just the cultural, social, community impact. There's an economic impact. Everybody talks about tourism in the city, but there's a lot of small and medium businesses. There's a lot of artists. There's a lot of yeah. mom and pop organizations who desperately needed this carnival to go off. They think this Mardi Gras would be great because they've been just hanging on uh, with their fingernails to you know, buy a thread. Uh, I, I mean, yeah. if you want to, if you want to give an ex if you want to give an example of this, um, if you want to give an example of this, um, one example would be St. Charles Tavern. St. Charles Tavern had been around since 1917. Yep. By it, oh, yeah. No, you're uh, right. my, um, by the way, it's my idiot neighbors. <laughs> That's all right. That's all you right. know they they lost they lost. They they lost they lost um you know they lost a lot of sales like because they are content they're contingent on what you you know they're contingent on the late night crowd after carnival after the parades end what do you have you have you have St Charles Tavern you have Igor's and then you have Avenue Pub Avenue Pub was lucky to survive and Igor's mm -hmm. was lucky to survive. St. Charles Tavern could not survive. Yeah, yeah, there and there are just a lot of businesses like that who, you know, they rely on the foot traffic. That's why when uh, the city, you know, took Chewbacca's and Crudevu out of Bywater and Marini, that impacted a lot of those businesses there because they're relying on that foot traffic that comes of people who are just standing out. I mean, just think about it this way: we're standing near Avenue Pub, and whether it's Mandy or Aaron going to grab a drink, get a bathroom pass, that's money going into their uh, pocketbooks that they're going to turn around and spend on uh, paying a hire now, somebody to you know be a bartender. Right, like bar bartender, bar back door, uh, front of house, back of house, right. all those things. You yeah, know, I didn't really I understand it. I didn't really understand yeah. it until I got here because – you know, I spent my entire life, I've spent most of my life dealing with, um, you know, office work. I never really knew anything about the service industry until I got here. And, you know, what people don't realize, like you look at, you look at that stretch of St. Charles, the mm -hmm. only business that, the only businesses that closed in that, in, in that, in that section of St. Charles, Voodoo Barbecue closed, St. St. Charles Tavern closed, and uh, there was a pole boy store, a, a pole boy store on St. Charles, uh, right there mm -hmm. on the same side where Candace stays at, and um, that by and large, those places suffered. Like, could you imagine if there had been a carnival last year, Voodoo Barbecue would have survived, uh, would have mm -hmm. would have survived, and St. Charles Tavern would have been uh, would have survived, but. That being said, that being said, the good and bad of this weekend, like, let's talk about the good first. Mm -hmm. I think the good, of course, was parades coming back. But we mm -hmm. also got to talk about the just the good in terms of the community that we saw out there on that neutral ground on on uh, on on Friday. I mean, I know you weren't there Saturday, but on Friday, mm -hmm. all, all throughout the weekend, the good, just yeah. the good, the just the community that you saw out there. 
And I think one of the interesting, obviously, weather is always impactful in regards to how people come out. I mean, being out there Friday night as it got cold, as it got wet, as it got kind of windy, uh, you could see some parents kind of make the decision of, I can't be out here with my little one because of the weather, which is totally fine. It's part of what happens normally during carnival. We got so lucky with Saturday and Sunday being really good weather days, bright, sunny, good temperatures, so people could be on about. And I think from Friday to you know, Friday and Sunday, the two days in which I was out, what you were seeing was a lot of uh, really positive energy. People wanting to be out, be within uh, within the community. You didn't see any of the fighting, any of the arguments, none of that stuff. I mean, look, first weekend that for a lot of locals, the first weekend is great because we don't get the swarm of out of towners and tourists who are just looking to get drunk and a foolish. There's also not the pressure necessarily that comes with being at something like Bacchus or Muses where everybody's fighting for the signature throw. It's more laid back than that, even though Cleopatra mm-hmm. has a signature throw, Al has a signature throw, uh, uh, Picarleton has a signature throw, uh, King Arthur has a signature throw. So even though those exist and there are crowds out there, there's less of the uh, pushing and shoving and people elbowing you in the chest like you'll be sometimes at some of the bigger parades. Uh, so all of that, but all of that, really, it was really a good, positive vibe. And I think just it was a lot of people who just needed to be out there, out on the street, seeing bands, seeing people, dancing, cheering. It, it felt like it was a good back to the before times energy, which is overall good for everybody. Yeah, it really was. I think that's one of the things that was very, that's one of the big positives I took, had a chance to take that, took away from this weekend. And also, the other thing, I think the other thing is just seeing, I think my favorite parade was, of course, King Arthur. King Arthur was definitely the best parade, the one that everyone looked forward to. But Femme Fatale was really amazing. And I think also, Cleopatra, Cleopatra was, uh, was a, of course, amazing. But I think mm-hmm. the thing, you know, as we talk about Cleopatra, the stuff about um, the throw that was thrown, like the Southern oh. Pride bead. And, you know, here's my whole thing about that, Fredo, and, and I know you have some opinions on this. Mm-hmm. I feel like everybody there are people like i did not notice until i read um when skip and wacko came out with nola clap Mm -hmm. um i did not know until that article i read an article about new orleans and i read about like they were talking about mardi gras and one of the things that he said one of the things that was told said in an article um in the article that um skip and wacko was interviewed in that Mardi Gras did not integrate fully until 1991. That's 27 years after the Civil Rights Act. That was 34 years after, that was 34 years after, uh, well, almost 40 years after Brown versus Education and over 30 years after Ruby Ruby Bridges uh, integrated William France Elementary School. And one of the things that was, that was, that was stuck out in that article Skip and Wacko was like, you know, plenty of people are mad about that because they wanted to hold on to those old traditions. And what I think of, and I think in this in this case, you still got a lot of people that are pissed off 
that they were allowed to integrate, that they had to prove that they were not discriminatory against people due to race, uh, gender identity, sexual orientation. You got people that are still mad about that. Mm-hmm. Oh, no doubt. And look, first of all, on the beads, on that particular set of beads that was thrown at Gallier Hall. See, that's my other thing is, this isn't the first time that we've seen uh, uh, emb- you know, emblems of the old Confederacy turn into beads and thrown from a float. Uh, the most famous one in recent memory is the Forever League Circle beads that were being tossed by certain riders in certain parades. Uh, so this is not new. It's happened before. I hate to say it'll happen again because there's always going to be somebody who thinks they're going to be either slick or funny or they're going to be controversial and they want to cause a scene and they'll throw them. And, and look, the, the, the one thing I'll say is the timing, you know, the way the time moves forward, a few years back, this was a furor and nobody, you know, knew what was going on and people didn't know how to react. Now, the reaction from the Cleopatra captain, from their crew, they know which float it came off of. They know kind of what position the person's off. They've said the moment the person's identified, they're off their crew. Just nope, no, no, no second chance. You're just gone. So it tells you that people are more cognizant as to the realities of why people throw those kind of throws, what kind of mm-hmm. what kind of provocative nature they're trying to engage in, what they're trying to do, which again, to me, the attitude is, why are you trying to do that on your parade float, on your night of your ride? Like, this is supposed to be, look, crews work all year long on setting a theme, the, their, their throws, whether it's their cups or their doubloons or their, uh, their um, medallions, they all show that theme, they're, they're all wrapped around the theme, and you can see it every year. You can track it, you know, if you, somebody like Arthur Hardy, one of Mardi Gras historian, you can trace down every year, know which year that parade, particular parade had that particular theme, just based on the theme. So the idea that mm-hmm. all of a sudden, oh, hey, I'm just going to grab, I know my own throw, this that's got nothing to do with it, that it's going to invite nothing but controversy and drama, yeah, you're not you're not doing that to be funny. You're doing that to be a jerk and to cast aspersions on people and to kind of you know, you're doing say, it to I'm start a, get, you're doing it to start a fight. Yeah, to get my way. I'm gonna get my way. I want to throw this, and I don't care who cares about it. But the fact of the matter is, it's gonna make the people in your float and in your crew look bad, and that's why they're like, nope, nope, no, no tolerance for it. Get out, because these crews bust their butts all year long to put on a one-day party, and they'll be damned if they're going to let anybody ruin that party. So, yeah, I mean, but yeah, no, the, the other thing is, to the point about segregation or desegregation, yeah, we're only talking 30 years, and you, they're still... Yeah, it, it, it blew my mind. Yeah, a lot of the people who... Yeah, a lot, it, it, a lot blues, of... They're still alive. They're still alive. They're still around. Yeah, it's they're still like, yeah, they're still around. Them. You know, and that's why I brought it. That's why I brought it up because I think that's why you see this happen every year. Because you got a lot of people that are still mad about that shit. And Dorothy May Taylor been dead for dead for years, so she's not alive to defend herself. And the thing that I said, and I stated, and you know, as I stated earlier, when I brought up all that stuff, there are people that are still mad about it. But I think what you saw, what you saw, what came out of it was a very a much more inclusive Mardi Gras and you started seeing more crews come out of it and I think mm-hmm. that was the complete opposite of what happened with Memphis because Memphis um growing up 
there was the Cotton Carnival and the Cotton Makers Jubilee. Cotton Makers Jubilee would have been like what Zulu is, because that was the black mm-hmm. that was the black carnival. The white carnival was cotton was the cotton was cotton carnival. And what fucked up what fucked that up was Dr. King getting shot and all the white flight. And to be honest, those people who were in those crews years ago, they are still alive. And Carnival Memphis yeah. is not the carnival that people uh like my mom or my grandmother or my aunts that's not the carnival that they remember it's they thought they could beat more they literally told there's a documentary about it they thought that they could beat mardi gras here in new orleans and they just mm-hmm. could not do it and they couldn't do it because the white flight happened dr king gets shot all these things happen and you know and and here we are but no it's the thing it's like there are people that are mad about they are still mad about that and and, and, and yeah. i'm pretty sure those are the same people who cannot fathom the fact that the former guy lost the election and it ties into that well, and they can't tie it in fact that mm-hmm. and then you also they can't tie into the fact that uh and i and i'll say this and, and then we'll move on to the next to our uh to the uh to uh to uh the close to uh, a couple of more topics um mm-hmm. The thing that they, the reason why they threw it, I think they plan to throw that stuff at, at, at when they got to Gallia Hall. I think that was a plan because they wanted to remind people, because guess what's at Gallia Hall? The mayor, yeah. city council, uh, and, and other dignitaries. So right. why would they go, why would they throw, why would they wait till they got to Gallia Hall to throw that? That's mm-hmm. something that no one, no one has talked about that. No one has yeah. talked about that. They decided well, to wait until they got to Gallia Hall to throw that be- to throw that type of bead out yeah. there to those people. Yeah, because it's not. It wasn't like it was with the league circle beads that whatever the lady's name was that threw them did. She was throwing them out to everybody. And look, I'll be fair. Those beads that were thrown at Gallery Hall were not the only ones thrown this weekend. There's been others, you know, other parades. It's, I find it funny. Yesterday, as I was picking, I was helping somebody, somebody threw a pair of beads in the middle of the, of the road, and I went to pick them up, and it had some flags. And yeah, one of them was a Confederate flag bead, and I just threw it on the ground. A truck passed by and just ran them over, and that's their end. And I think a lot more people are being cognizant of the intent behind those throws. And they're just simply saying, not interested. This is not Mardi Gras. This is not the Mardi Gras I'm here for. If you want to, you know, you know, do this kind of nonsense, take it elsewhere. I mean, yeah. I mean, go go do that stuff in Mandeville. Do that stuff in Covington. Do that stuff in um, in in um, in North, it, in, like in in on the Gulf Coast and stuff. And I think that's the thing that needs to be, you know, that needs to be said here. Um, so we now shift over to what to what the uh, the city uh the story coming out about mayor cantrell and the mayor's ball and they were saying that it was a maskless a maskless event um here's the thing about this i have gotten so tired of people complaining and spotting who's wearing a mask who isn't I'm tired of hearing it. I'm I'm tired of hearing it about. Look, I don't care what the I don't I do not care what the mayor does. Okay, number one, 
how do you know you just took a photo uh, and and i would like to give a shout out to that loudmouth jackass craig mordock for pointing it out because i was going to re read his ass on friday on on sunday because i had nothing no, no idea there was a mayor's ball and any and uh, among other things i find it hilarious that people are going to take a photo and say they weren't wearing masks in the photos they weren't wearing masks now a lot of people do take off the mask to take the photos now why are we doing why are we still doing this it's like you all just find things to criticize and nitpick at the mayor okay you want to nitpick you, like that's what you're doing and you're doing it and there are people um doing this when it comes to people being on the parade route they're like oh all those people aren't wearing masks or any of those things i'm like dude stop it stop it i i i was i used to be like that too i think i used to be like that too fredo mm -hmm. but i realized that everybody has done this pandemic no one has been perfect when it come, come, came to, comes to the pandemic. Nope. Nobody has. And I find it's hilarious that now you guys are nitpicking at the mayor. You guys just, in, in your minds, the mayor is not supposed to have fun. The mayor is not supposed to do this. Now, granted, do I think, do I think, do I think she should have worn the face covering in the photo? yes maybe yet yeah, maybe so but in the end up in the moment in the moment if this had been mayor landrew nobody would have gave a shit if this had been mayor nagan nobody would have gave a shit it's only because it's a black woman mm -hmm. there's a lot of that there's there's oh and this is a difficulty underneath a lot of the criticism towards mayor control there's a certain level of racism and misogyny that cannot yes. be denied I'll just say, you know, likewise, there are a lot of people who are not happy with the hard line that she took, particularly at the start of the pandemic regarding the mask mandates, uh, outdoor seating, a lot of the a lot of the protective health mandates that she followed Dr. Avegnos and the state of uh, the state uh, health department and the CDC and saying, no, I'm not going to just open it and have it be whatever. We're going to do this because I'm seeing people die. A lot of people were not happy when she, when she did that. So now they're trying to call, use this to call her a hypocrite. That's all it is. They're, they're trying to score a point by saying, oh, when you did it back then, you were for it. Now you don't care. Now you're walking around without a mask, but we're still in a pandemic. Therefore, you're full of shit. Oh, yeah. And it's a thing also. It's also this thing with Dr. Vingo. And yeah. me and Jesse talked about this. And I said, you know, the fact that she could not enjoy her reign on, on at Crudevu, because I literally did not know when everybody was saying, well, she's not going to do this. Everybody thought it was because of the health measures. Mm -hmm. And then come to find out people were sending threats. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. the fact that people have done things like this throughout the pandemic it's not surprising it's also terrible it's horrible because what and i feel like yeah I, I feel like I, I feel like a lot of it some of it is racism and i feel like there was a lot of misogyny even though dr oh. vingo is is white it's it's a it's really teetered on 
a lot of misogyny because no one had this same energy when Mayor Landrieu would be on the damn parade route catching stuff, catching beads. And if he was mayor during this, I think I don't think it would have been criticism, but it wouldn't have been to this level. Yeah, oh yeah, which is part of which is part of why I said you can't deny the misogyny and you can't deny the racism. This is a black woman telling a lot of rich white men what they ain't gonna do, and rich white men tend to not like being told what to do or not to do by anybody, least of all by an educated black woman. And yeah, and that, woman yeah, and, yeah. They don't. They like that's the thing that a lot of people felt. They a lot of people don't see it that way. A lot of people don't be like, oh. It's it's oh it's um oh it's a black woman telling me what to do and how to think and I'm like dude this is not it it's sort of like with the thing with um jackass Mordock uh when he started complaining and talking about like Germany and all these things in terms of you know being asked to show his proof of vaccination and his mask yeah. I'm like dude be you know the reason why we have to do these things is because you guys are complete fucking babies. Because they, he, because here's the thing, if it would be, it's understandable. I, I mean, I always respect when people have conscientious objections to stuff, but particularly when it comes to public health, you always want to err on the side of caution, because if not, it's going to be the hospitals that are going to be swamped. It's going to be the morgues that are going to be swamped. It's going to be, it breaks down society. I mean, nothing bring me. We just lived through everybody going home for just a year and everybody really got impacted by it. We're still dealing with the after effects of it, but we're not out of the pandemic yet. I mean, shoot, you know, we're as, as we're talking, people are still testing positive. People are still in the hospital. People are still dying. Not in the numbers we were six months ago, a year ago, thank God. But at the same time, it's still happening. So yeah, we're getting of, we're getting out, out of the, you know, there is a light at the end of the tunnel, but it's like also, you got to also look at it this way, Fredo. It's mm -hmm. sort of like, the moment that this, you know, this was, you know, I went and got PCR, like I went and got a PCR test because I had contact with Carolyn, our friend Carolyn, on Friday. So I ran and got a test, came back negative. I have not tested positive at all throughout all of this. I probably did have it in January, but I didn't know. I probably, it was just a changing of the weather because it was like one minute is 78 degrees, the next minute is 35 degrees. Mm -hmm. So it was probably just chalked up to a cold. But other than that, other than that, you know, I am a person that believes like, yes, the reason why we have these measures is to protect you guys from yourself. And the reason why you guys are mad is because you guys don't want a black woman telling you all what to do. And, and, and it's like black women, and I explain this all the time, black women should have some kind of joy. I mean, cause I'm like this, you, you tell me if they would have did if I mean, the criticism for Negan would have been different, but it wouldn't have been to the level of what you've seen with Cantrell. I don't think it would have been to this level. No, no. And, and I think in part, I mean, again, that's where the misogyny comes into effect, because the two city leaders, you know, in charge of handling the pandemic reaction have been women. So, right. You know, doctor, and they're mom, and they're, they're and they're also her. and they're also and they're also moms. So it's sort of like they're like moms. It's like they're like moms. And I, and I don't know if that's a disrespectful way to put it that way. I don't know if that's disrespectful. But these are women who 
dealt with crisis is crisis as moms and they know they're like look it's the time they have to put on their parent hat and be a parent to a city to a city of to a city and to recognize that look it's different it's making difficult decisions because every decision they had to make was a difficult one and there's no denying that because you're weighing the health and safety of people versus the commercial and you know, financial safety of people versus you know what's best for the public good versus how people are going to make ends meet you know every decision every one of those decisions comes back around whether the decision whether or not to have carnival the decision whether or not events can happen the decision whether or not restaurants can be open as they normally are whether or not you know, people you know whether they're going to keep masks. All this other stuff is impactful, and particularly when you recognize that New Orleans is a magnet. New or- the city of New Orleans attracts people from everywhere, and not everyone follows the same rules, follows the same guidelines. Therefore, you have to be a bit more strict. The hard part of all this has been that the burden of enforcement has fallen on restaurant owners, bar owners, their staff, their people, when really it shouldn't have been. It should have been people taking ownership and saying, look, I'm going to wear a mask because it's the thing I need to do in order to have Mardi Gras. I'm going to wear a mask. Uh, I'm going to have a test or I'm going to get my uh, my shot in order to be able to show it so I can get into this bar. But what happens? People don't want to be told what to do, turn around, get mad at the people telling them this is for everybody's good, and then they take it out on the people who are trying to just do their job and you know, make ends meet so they can get them by. You know, I always think back to this quote that D, my man's D had, and he mm-hmm. said this, and it was like, the people who are responsible for the tear, who cry the most, are responsible for the tears. Mm-hmm. And when he, when I didn't know what he meant by that, like looking at it, like at the time, I was like, I did not know what he meant. But then when you think, when I thought about it in so many words, I thought about it. I was like, man, you're right. Because the people that were crying about no Mardi Gras last year are the ones that wouldn't go and get the shot. They're the ones that couldn't, wouldn't go get the shot. They're the ones that cried about wearing a mask and everything. And I was like, you know what? You guys, you know, you guys. Um, you guys, I'm not, like, if, if we don't have, I, and I think I told this to someone, if we don't have Mardi Gras, I'm going to end up cussing every last person that wouldn't get vaccinated out. Either I'm going to fist fight them or I'm going to cuss them out. They're, they're the people who don't do the whole, you know, the, it's a group project. They don't do anything. And they're just hoping that the other people pick up the slack on the group project to get a name. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's accurate. That's accurate. <laughs> that's accurate right there. Because... They feel like they can, they have to, um, they have to, they're, they're being rebels. They're being patriots when it comes to, um, to, um, supporting to, um, to, to what, what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and again, you know, not you know, kind of to bring it back to Mardi Gras, I mean, there's, you can tie the same attitude to the Chad attitude, the, Caring attitude of, oh, I can show up in the middle of a street and just in the middle of the day dump all my stuff and you gotta respect it. This is my stuff, this is my space. It's the same mindset. It's all it's all about me, me, me. It's a very selfish, self-centered way of looking and behaving at the world and then getting mad when people go, no, 
that does not apply. That's not the way the world works. And of course, they got to throw the temper tantrums and they got to act out and they got to come out at the person checking them who often in the last few years has been the mayor has been, oh no, she, somebody's got to play the adult, they take it on the adult, not recognizing, hey, you're an adult too. You know what you're doing is not right, but you're trying to get your way. Yeah, it, it, yeah, and and I'm looking at the uh, I'm looking at the article about the whole maskless mayor thing. It's like the whole the whole thing, and I'm like, dude, you all are snitching about some stuff that a almost everybody has done been wearing not wearing a mask and stuff in, in pictures. Okay, so it's like all these pictures of the of the mayor of Mayor Cantrell not wearing a mask. Okay, I can go on your damn page and point out. You motherfuckers that haven't been wearing masks. Yeah. I can do the same thing to you motherfuckers. And it's all like the people that it's all like the people that complain that complained about why are we having Mardi Gras yet, but their ass been all over the place. And there's some people that we that there's some people on Nola Twitter that's been doing that shit. And I say, you know yeah. what? I ain't gonna expose who you are. I'm not gonna expose you. But you're as big of a problem you're as much of a prop part of the problem as this person and that person nobody's done this the right way well exactly but the thing is you know the reality the truth of the matter is none of this has been perfect because we're not perfect people will make mistakes there's been you know in retrospect the mad the, the relaxing of the mask mandates last summer probably was a mistake it probably led to the Delta wave and later on the Omicron wave, but people were shouting for it. And that's the hard part is when people want, people are desperate to return back to their life pre the pandemic, the hardest thing to do is to tell them no, because we're not done yet. It's like being in a horror movie and thinking the monster's dead, not realizing it's still another 20 minutes to go. So the monster can't be dead. People want to just do as they, as they normally have, Right. It's understandable. Nobody I mean, I'm one of those people. I was one of those people. I'm like, I'm like, you know, and, and someone was like, well, if they if so, if they allowed me to if they were like, OK, if they relax the mandate tomorrow and someone had asked me this question, if they did, would you still wear a mask? I'm, and, and, the, and the short answer would be no. But whatever rules are there, I'm going to abide by them because I'm an adult. But some right. people don't see it that way. You know, I'm like some people don't see it that way and i think that's the th that's the problem that that we've seen with this is that you have people who are just they're always going to be babies about everything so it is what it is and i'm just like you know the whole thing about the mayor and what she did at the at the party and it's like okay you do realize that the health director suggested returning to the mandate she just has to sign off on it that's what the problem is we have a very low standard a very low knowledge of how civics work the health director is the person that made the decision and made the recommendation to the mayor the mayor can either not do anything or she can sign off on it mm -hmm. thinking of the party itself i mean all we're seeing is a snapshot that doesn't mean that they were checking vaccination cards at the door right that doesn't mean that right people didn't have to show you know some people have to show proof of uh vaccination or proof, uh, negative COVID test within 24 72 hours right so so that could all you're seeing all, all you're seeing is basically snapshots of a damn party okay 
all you're seeing is that. And, it, and, and that goofy-ass lawyer who said something about it, I don't care what he has to say. Because he, he, just like, he just, like, wants to just bitch about everything. Okay? But again, but again, like I said, I understand. And you and I talked about that. Perfect, but you know what? At some point, you just have to be an adult and go, this is what I need to do. But, you know, people will be people, and not everybody's going to agree on everything. And you know what? The events are still going to happen. Stuff's going to go on. Hopefully, the numbers keep coming down and we, you know, slowly come out of the pandemic. But the fact of the matter is, is we are being, you know, you always get shown in times of crisis, who's the person who's going to stick by you, who's the person going to run. And that's what's being shown. Yeah, I mean, you got a lot of people that are just going to run. I mean, you got people that's going to run. You got people that's going to. I'm like, I'm at the point where, as I say, I'm at the point where I just do not give a fuck no more. I'm like, I'm not mm-hmm. going to, I, I did that for like a couple of, I did that for a couple of, um, you know, I did that early on. And it's like, um, someone was like saying there were people that weren't checking for, um, for uh, proof of vaccination cards and mask and everything. And I said, when you're getting paid peanuts, I hate to say it. What what is more important? What is more important to you? Your safety, or telling somebody, "I gotta please show me your proof of vaccine and a mask." Because some people are crazy, and some people are will are willing to fight a person mm-hmm. over being told what to do. Yeah, and again, it's the hard part. Is this? It's no, like I said, nobody's gotten it 100% right. Nobody has. Not you, not I, not the mayor, not any attorney, nobody. Everybody, everybody's made some mistakes here. Everybody's kind of gone over the line here, there. You hope that it happens and that you don't catch anything or worse, you don't give it to anybody. But it's happened. I think the difficult the reality, though, is this has nothing to do with COVID. This has everything to do with showing up. Oh, she doing different than the rules say. She followed a different set of rules. She's being a hypocrite. And again, it's all rooted in misogyny and racism, or a good bit is rooted in misogyny and racism, because just like 30 years ago, they don't like it when a strong, intelligent black woman tells them, no, the way you've done it is wrong. Yeah, I mean, that's what they did with Dorothy May Taylor. I mean, that's what they did with Dorothy May Taylor. They they did that. They thought she was the witch that killed Mardi Gras. And... Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I was reading up on it and I was like, wow, this was actually 30 years ago. And this is some that I learned thanks to Skip and Wacko. Wacko and Skip was the one that said something about this. And I was like, wow, this is this is amazing. And it's like the reason why you see what you see with you saw what you saw that is saw what you saw with the uh, with the gallery hall with the uh, southern pride beads is that some of those people still are pissed off about that and they knew what better way where where can i throw those beads at they weren't going to throw those beads on marengo and saint charles they were going to do they had that whole thing planned out to throw right there at Gallia Hall. Yep. That whole thing was planned out. I don't care what nobody said. Why would they why else why would they 
why el- what it- wh- where else they were going to do it they were going to throw those beads at mm-hmm. yeah i mean like i said if they wanted to throw others they have plenty of parade route to throw it into uh, look and again this this isn't the first controversial political you know borderline racist throw that we've seen this carnival season more likely will not be the last what what's heartening what you know what's good is that we're seeing the reaction from the people in the crowd we're seeing the reaction from the people in the crews and on the floats right and and and, and, and i think that's the thing that that's the thing that is very important here is that we have people we have people who are saying no you're not doing this enough is enough you're not doing this um that's something you would not have saw with Knicks. And we're, and we're going to shift into talking about Knicks uh, and, and, and what we expect, what we expect is going to happen on, on, on Wednesday. Um, Aunt Mandy had talked to me about going to see the shit show. Cause I stay mm-hmm. right on the parade route. Right. What do you think is going to happen? I think, I don't think I was, I think, little's going to happen. I mean, I think there will be some people that will be out there. It's going to be interesting to see, I think, in terms of in terms of the parade, I think it's going to roll. I think they'll they'll get the... So far, this seems like it's the bare minimum parade for Knicks. They got the bare just under the line in terms of, or just over the line in terms of floats and riders. I'm almost certain they're, you know, they're going to have to be just over the line. Like, if the line is you need seven bands or dancing crews, that's what they're going to have. They're not going to have 10. They're not going to... They're not gonna have Southern. They're not gonna have St. Nog. They're not gonna have the Pussy Footers. They're not gonna have the Six Sense Stompers. They're gonna have any of the big names or the medium names or the small names. It's got you know. So I don't expect them to do anything but the bare minimum this year. In terms of the crowd, I think it's gonna be interesting because there you should expect that a good portion of tourists and other tiners don't care. You should. Expect but they don't. Person- they don't know. Like I said. Like I. I explained this to someone. Like I explained it to somebody. Um, you know, I explained it to someone that this was not a national scandal. This was not a national scandal. This was basically, um, this was basically a local scandal that, uh, that happened. And what I feel and what I, and, and, and my, my opinion and, 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 you know, and all, and all these things is that the tourists do not care about what they don't care about what happened um with, I mean, in some with ways it's not, they don't and in some ways it's not the responsibility of their job to care they're coming for a parade they're coming for a party they're going to have their party they're going to go home I, i'm more interested in seeing what the locals reaction is going to be because i do expect some to come out because again there's going to be some people who don't want to come out and see if they know somebody who's riding on a float there's some who are going to want to come out and just be, hey, it's Wednesday, there's a parade, I'm coming out. I do expect a number of people to not make it. We already know some who have said, we have other plans or we're not going to be there. So it's again, it's going to be interesting to notice what much of our reaction is. Although, if I'm honest, the more important reaction I want to see is not this year, but next year. Because in some ways, this is like, uh, okay, as a baseball guy, you saw the reaction that the Houston Astros got last year when fans were able to get, finally get back on the stands and react to their cheating scandal, right? Mm-hmm. Fa- 
fans were letting them have it. They were having the trash cans. They were having the signs. All the stuff that they skipped out on in 2020, they got in 2021. Yeah, I mean, I, I, like the best thing to happen, the best thing, um, the uh, the best thing mm-hmm. to me, and what saved them during the pandemic was the the best. The winner of the pandemic was the Houston Astros. The winner of the 2020. The t- winner of the 2020 season was the Houston Astros. Even though your Dodgers won the World Series, the winner was the Houston Astros because they didn't have to face that scorn in 2020. They only had to. They only had to. They had to wait till 2021 to face that scorn from people. Mm-hmm. And in 2021, by that point, a lot of people had moved on. Now, Dodgers fans, Yankees fans, uh, a few other, you know. Another field of fans, they were still out there letting them have it. And yeah. they were still full voice, but it wasn't the same. So I wonder what, you know, whenever baseball gets back on the stand, it'll be interesting to see whether they're still getting that reaction out of outside, out of outside, say, Yankee Stadium. Uh, maybe if they make Dodger Stadium this year, I'm not even sure if they're in the schedule for this year. That kind of thing, you know, outside of the two, three places, I wonder what the reaction is going to be. Kind of I mean, I think, I mix. think, I think, I think, I think with the Yankee, I think what you're going to see with like the Yankees and what you're going to see with like uh, the Dodgers, I think that scoring is still going to be there. I oh, think yeah, that's, yeah, that, that scoring is going to be still be there. But I, well, I guess my point is, I do wonder with Knicks, whether that scoring from people in New Orleans is still going to be there next year, whether they'll still, whether they'll see a bump in and people signing up to to ride and whether or not by then it'll be okay for some schools to sign up some dance groups to sign up or whether it'll still stay at that level and they'll still be facing okay we need to do the bare minimum just to be able to ride because otherwise we might lose our permit that's what i want to see i think it's going to be interesting this year i'm more interested in seeing 2023 because that'll tell us whether or not any of this has longevity, has a long-term impact. Because the fact of the matter is, we just saw it this year, and just this weekend, at least three of no two, yeah, three new crews form out of the fallout from Knicks. And that doesn't mm-hmm. mean I'm not even including you know Cleopatra, which absorbed a lot of their members. I'm talking about Themis, I'm talking about uh Phoenix and uh I want to say the other one's harmonious. Themis, it was Themis. Yeah. It was well, Themis. Well, no, it was Themis, Phoenix, and there was a third one that all formed out of the fall. Because remember, Knicks had nearly 3,500 members, and now they're down to just over 240. I mean, and how many, how many, I mean, how many does, I think, how many riders does Femme Fatale have? I think they got like, what, 500? Yeah, something like that. And, have, and Femme Fatale, I think, may have absorbed a few of the uh, Knicks riders, just as uh, Nefertiti did. Nefertiti, Ocean, uh, Cleopatra right, had it. Right, right, right. So, so you had lots of crews absorb some of their members. That tells you how big it got, but it also tells you that those other crews might be in much better shape now than Knicks So, I do wonder if there's going to be any issues. I, I think they're going to be trying like heck to keep their permit uh, to be able to march on that Wednesday, because you know, as we saw last Friday when they put Allah behind uh, Ocean and Cleopatra. Cleopatra got big enough that they probably could have done just done the two and been fine, you know. And if there's going to be a spot open or if they're going to have the small crew of Druids and the small crew of Knicks, 
they might be easier to just put a bigger third uh, parade behind them and just go, that's going to be Wednesday night, or as Mandy hopes, you know, for, for Phoenix to go away. I, I don't necessarily know if it'll go away this quickly, but as I said, that's kind of what's going to be percolating in the background towards next Mardi Gras, where we'll see exactly what's going to be, what's going to happen with them, because whether or not they survive, I think will be determined in the next two, three years. Yeah, and I and and is that, and I said the sad thing about it is the thing about it is that Knicks um Knicks just got just completely torpedoed. And it was mm-hmm. like all the stuff that came out after it, it wasn't just the racism part. It was mainly everything else that felt that came out after it. Um mm-hmm. we think we talk about the stuff that happened when the accident when the accident happened and i think they didn't and i don't even think the the crew paid for the funeral i don't even think they paid for the funeral no no it, no that, that that was not that was not in there uh something i don't know if they did i don't i don't i don't i don't know what happened with that but 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 i do know everything else that came out after this um mm-hmm. everything that came out made me made me think why aren't why aren't people should been people shouldn't have not just left because of the racism they should have left because this is a horrible person part of it i think and, and look and i was kind of mentioning this to mandy over the weekend it's just the, the reality is what kept them together wasn't necessary wasn't julie lee it was the bonds of sisterhood that they have formed over the various over the decade of writing it was being stuck it was being stuck on those floats in 2017 when it was just pouring raining and 2018 as well was 20 uh, 2017 then 2018 and then having to deal with the fallout of the nightmare that was 2020 so there was a lot of strong bonds between those sisters i mean you could see it from their head now mandy was out there friday night she knew exactly what float her sisters were on she saw them she was waving to them because that's again they came out for her out in Nefertiti. They're going to come out to see other friends Saturday, last Saturday, because they built these bonds in their floats with their people. That's what kept them together. They stayed, but you no, know, in spite of, not because of all the. Yeah, stuff that's how I always. Mix. That's how I always. That's how I always assumed mm-hmm. that was. I never thought it was because they liked Julie Lee. I always believed that it was because of those bonds that they had, because. You see the bond that Mandy and Julie has. You yeah. even though a lot of people, you know, a lot of people like, well, we're not, you know, Julie has her own thing or whatever, but that bond, she still has that bond with Julie. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, exactly. and, and, and and you see that and you see that with a lot of former Knicks members, they were hurt by what, what Lee uh, Julie Lee did. They were oh, yeah, big time. Big time. They, they they were losing their sisterhood, which is unfair to them. And right. they were fighting for that's what that's what they were fighting. That's what they were suing. Because in some ways, I think if you know Julie Lee was smart in terms of the way she wrote the charter for Knicks was that if she went away, Knicks went away. And they were still fighting for it. They were still trying to see if they could hold on to it. And eventually this the fight got to a point where they just couldn't be together anymore. And that's again, that's unfair to every one of those. 3,500 women who, whether they stayed or whether they left, that were put in a position to make a decision whether or not they were going to stick by their sisters or they were going to 
do what their uh, conscience told them to do. And I don't think it was just necessarily that one post at the end. I just think that was like the final straw and people just couldn't ignore the BS any longer. Right, they, they, again, they couldn't. And it's unfair that they got put in that spot. They shouldn't have had to. But that's what, when somebody thinks that they're the boss, the owner, the everything does. Yeah, I mean, we saw that. We, we You know, you and I talked about that, what happened with, with Will with Tracy's. We talked about that, uh, what happened over at Tracy's, um, how that turned out. And, mm-hmm. you know, we were all, you know, you know, you and I talked about it. And I said, I, I think most people, most of us, myself, I still supported, um, supported, um, um, tr- you know, uh, su- supported Tracy's. I, I was, de- I went there for the friends. I didn't go there because of the owner. Yeah. I went there because of the friends, you know, the people I knew, um, I, the people that I knew at Tracy's that kept me going there, yeah. uh, kept me going to, um, Tracy's but if those people yeah. weren't there I would have left again a lot a lot of New Orleans and this is something that it, everybody says but you really see it within New Orleans a lot more a lot of New Orleans is based around the community you build the people that come around the people that form uh, around places and events and moments and the people that you bring together that's what gives it life. That's what gives it energy. That's right. what makes it live or die. And that's usually, that's not something, that, part of it is the difficulty is you don't necessarily control that. You don't, it's almost like alchemy. You just have to let it flow and you'll attract the right people. Or you may attract the wrong people and you kind of go along with that. But the reality is, is if you mess with it, if you start thinking, I own this or this doesn't exist without me, that's the easiest way to just destroy something. Because the fact of the matter is, is, just like Mardi Gras, just like a lot of things in New Orleans, it doesn't belong to one person. It's a community thing. And mm-hmm. not one person has the right to claim, this is my event, or this is my... Yeah, it's like, it's this, like is my... this is my party. This is like my right. party. Right. And, you know, and, and and I think that's the one thing, that's the one thing that I thought about. It's sort of like this, uh, I, when I was a kid, I used to, I saw, I used to watch Problem Child all the time. And they had a scene, there, there was a birthday, there was a birthday party and junior is there and junior couldn't go to the magic show and the girl was like oh you can't come to this party because it's mines and you're not involved and you're not uh you're not in uh involved in it and you're not invited so i it's my party and i make the, the call in who can come and who can't come and that's what julie lee did Mm-hmm. With 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 Nick's, that's what she did. Like the she ruined the community, and yeah. I think a lot of people are gonna hate her for that forever. There's gonna oh, be yeah, a lot yeah. of them. Oh, but yeah, uh, yeah, but so so that being said, Fredo, thank you so much for dropping by the podcast, for, folks. The podcast will be available on tomorrow morning. Fredo, I know you're going to be away Wednesday through mm-hmm. Friday. So so whereabouts? When, yeah, whereabouts? Yeah. So I'm Wednesday be, through uh, Friday. Yep, thereabouts. I should hopefully be back in town for Saturday, definitely for Sunday, Monday. So, so, yeah, so yeah, the, the last the last three days. So Saturday is basically your rest day and stuff. So um, I'll see. Yeah, I'll see. I'll see when I get back in, and I'll see how I'm feeling. You know, that's the other thing. It's you know, particularly this year, I'm just kind of taking it by uh, by everyone that everyday situation. I'm not planning. I'm not being so 
fastidious as to be like, oh, I got to get out there. I got to go do this. Mm-hmm. You know, look, Mardi Gras, the good thing about Mardi Gras, tell everybody, it's, it's whatever Mardi Gras you want to make. It's the right Mardi Gras. There's some mm-hmm. people who don't show up to a single parade. They just chill all day at their home. That's a Mardi Gras. There's some people who go out of town. This is the time you go to Disney World and you run into all the New Orleans people because they're mm-hmm. all at Disney World this next week. That's a Mardi Gras. Mardi, so if you, I've done the go to every parade every day Mardi Gras, and that's awesome. But this year, given everything, I did that the first. I did that the first. I did that like I did that the, the first year I was able to do it. I, that's why mm-hmm. I did. I went to every parade. Mm-hmm. And then yep. this year, I was like, this year, I'm not, I'm going to Knicks because I stay right on the route. But uh, I stay on the route and I really want to see for myself what's going to, how the crowd's going to be. Uh, but that being said, um, I, that's all I have for the podcast, folks. The podcast will be up tomorrow morning. As always, thank you for your time this time. And until next time, we will see you down the road.